Hello, and welcome to what should finally be episode four of the Rick Chapel podcast. If this one works. I say that because I have attempted um, somewhere around four times, ironically enough, to record this week's episode. I say this week um, with a chuckle because it's been way more than a week since the last one. Let's get into why. (laughs) Of the four that I attempted to do, let's turn the goo down a little bit there. I did one on Twitch Live. No, sorry, I recorded one that got glitchy. Just camera failed. The lighting kind of had an issue. It just didn't go well. I thought it was an audio only one and then I realized there was audio glitches too. So it wasn't an audio only one. After that, I did one on YouTube Live that didn't have sound at one point. I think I will go back to YouTube Live for the, um, it's my fault. I'll go back to YouTube Live for the song in a day streams when I start those back up. But those are coming down the line. The last one I tried to record, though, wasn't live on YouTube. It was just here, and I don't even remember what failed that time. But it was late at night, and I was done. It's also already getting warm, so we're turning on the air conditioning. You have to live with a little bit of background noise, but I get to thrive and stay alive, so is what it is. Oh, that's what went wrong. I had the air conditioner on, and my amplifier, and all the lights and cameras and whatnot, And it turns out I can't have the air conditioner and my amplifier on. I thought because it had a little bit of a grounding hum. Then I got rid of that. Uh, Then it uh, blew the breaker. So we just won't use my amp in the summer at home. Which is fine. I've gotten by just fine with my Axe effects for years. You're hearing it now. It sounds great. As always, this is the Axe effects and then... The infinite creepiness is my laptop doing some uh, Logic Pro delays and funness. But after the live fails and the computer fails, I figure an episode weekly in the summer with some air conditioning noise is the best thing I think I can accomplish. So, without further ado, this is finally episode four, I guess, eh? What's been going down? What are some of the other reasons it's been so long, man? It's because I went to Ontario. That's one thing. Went across my good old country of Canada here. Uh, I was supposed to go to Toronto. That's kind of how it was sold to me. But I've never been to Toronto to this day still. Um, I went to Ajax, which is kind of... uh, If I was supposed to go to Vancouver, kind of went to Chilliwack, you know? Like it was sort of its own thing. Maybe Abbotsford, ironically enough. No, we have our own airport. Chill back. Anyways, uh, I'm going to be careful how I talk about it, because it was a work trip. I didn't pay for it, so you can't complain for a free trip ever, right? But um, I won't do it again. 
is the gist of it because uh, I'm a fan of British Columbia through and through. Let's just put it that way. I also think I may have developed at some point over the pandemic a fear of flying? Don't know why. I had a great flight to and from. No complaints, no issues. But the morning, so I, w I was supposed to go to Ontario uh, a couple months ago. And the morning of, I felt super sick, and I was like, this is a bad idea. Like, I'm, oh, this, I'm puking, this is bad. So I didn't go. And then a couple of months later, or a month later, they were like, hey, we can book you again. And I was like, haven't been sick since, let's do it. And then at like 3 a.m., my flight left at like 8, you know, nothing wild. At like 3 a.m., I woke up and got violently ill. And I was like, this is related, I think, then. So... I then got on the plane, or when I woke up again, I was not afraid. We got in my Uber, we went to the airport, all was great. But, uh, I guess there were some jitters since COVID, maybe? I don't know. I've flown before COVID. It's been since then, since I was at an airport and did all that fun stuff, you know? Or no, I've been to an airport since. But, you know what I mean, I haven't flown. So... Hopefully my uh, great flights, because what I can say about my Ontario trip is I flew with Swoop, and no complaints, man. They're cheap, I think, but uh, yeah, man. The flight back, I did have the classic crying baby shenanigan, but that's, that's nobody's real fault, you know? It's just a thing that happens. Sorry, I realized I didn't have one of my uh, goopy echo things on that I enjoy so much. The guitar this week, if you haven't noticed just yet, is this Frame of Stormbender. This is a 2016-2017 Masterbuilt prototype. I've learned some new stuff about it that we'll get into a little later, because I actually wrote down a plan for this podcast. So hopefully it flows a little better than the ones I've done in the past. But this Stormbender is the guitar we're listening to this week. Because I've been using it today, especially, to get working on guitars for the new record. This has multiple voicings in it, so we're on like a single coil mode right now. There's also a humbucker. And then I call it kill mode. Which is very much like an active humbucker. Full, full distortion, tons of pick attack. I'm playing with my fingers, but... If we crank up the pick. This guitar can do basically everything, which is why I love it so much. And it is on everything I ever record because it's in tune because of the uh, good old Evertune. And a uh, guitar that's in tune is the one that you should use is my opinion. So I also have my good old Strat that I've now modified with the Evertune in it that uh, I've already done an ep episode with that. It may have been number one or the last one. I believe it was episode three. Feels like literally ages ago because of all of the failed attempts. I've sat in this chair and said, this is episode four for like a month and a half now. So forgive me if it uh, comes across as a little bit ungenuine because it doesn't feel like episode four anymore, folks. But I'm trying to get back on the schedule of actually, you know, achieving the podcast goal of once a week, which is the bare minimum to 
say you have one, which is why everybody has a podcast, right? No. As always, I will let you know, this is just a shameless plug of my original music. The goal is you stumble upon this while watching my other YouTube things and uh, find a song of mine that you like because you like listening to me blab and play guitar and you go, well, you know, I think the blabbing is a little much, but the guitar is pretty cool if he did his best stuff and then like put great drums and orchestras and stuff behind it. And then you've just described one of my CDs that you could purchase at www.rickchapel.com for the low price of $10 Canadian, which in your currency, wherever that may be, is probably a joke. So um, you can buy it on iTunes or stream it anywhere for free also. The last record I did, Black Tie Affair, came out in January. We're getting ADHD and doing a promo for it because I haven't done much promotion for it. And January is pretty long ago, but not when it comes to actually releasing an album. Releasing? You heard me right. Go stream it, is the gist of it. Look up Rick Chapel, or just look up Black Tie Affair. Or just look up the song London Fog, because that's the one that people actually like the most. But there's a lot of good songs on it, so uh, there's your plug. Let's go back to Ontario for a second. So yeah, I didn't go to Toronto. I went to Ajax, was where my hotel was. And then at Ajax, I uh, then traveled to Pickering, Ontario for some work training or whatever. So I sat in a conference room and got talked at. Could have been an email. Anyways, (laughs) moving on. The flight to and fro was really nice, partially because good old Devin Townsend, who designed this guitar, uh, released the day of my flight, like, or the day before, I think, like, eight hours of ambient music or something crazy like that, like, just albums worth of it on YouTube. So I quickly pirated it all and downloaded it to my phone so I could listen without data and listen to that for most of the plane. I read a book like a grown-up, but the book was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novel, so it's not really that grown-up, more of a uh, adolescent thing. But I love those books, so uh, keep them coming. Nobody, because he's dead and the series is far over. But the movies would be nice if they uh, kept those going. Just saying. Ah, that wraps up all I would like to say about Ontario. I had a note here to mention the hotel, but we're not going to do that. When I got back, I immediately got to work again on my cover of Home Nucleonics. I say mine, I should say ours, because it was a collaboration with uh, Marcel from Germany there, who I keep calling Marcel Webb because that's his uh, Instagram name, or Marcel Weeb, but it turns out his name's like Marcel, um, not Leck. Uh, he told me once, finally. It's something German, and uh, I read his Instagram name every time I talk to him, so that's my excuse for why I'm so bad at naming people correctly. There's also a Marcel I work with, so there's too many Marcels in the world, man. Y'all gotta get together, and one of you should be M. I should just call you M. The drummer, M. The teenager from Germany. Crushed home nucleonics by Strapping Young Lad. It was the first thing him and I actually ever worked together on, funny enough. I saw him on Instagram play... uh, Oh My Fucking God, I think? And he crushed it, but it was on like a phone microphone. So I was like, oh, that's really good, but do you have more mics? And he was like, oh, I just got an interface. And I was like, dude, 
what do you want to do? And home nucleonics happened. So he sent me those drums literally back in 2020. Like this was a long-term one, man. This is one of the ones I procrastinated while my teeth fell out of my head and all that fun stuff that happened during the pandemic. Ooh. Anyways, when we finally got around to it there, I finished up the vocals, put a good mix on it, I think, and uh, filmed it and put it on YouTube. So you can go check that out as well. That's Home Nucleonics by Strapping Young Lad. The bass guitar I used in that was the first thing I ever did with that bass guitar. And the reason it had to be that bass was that bass guitar was owned by the mighty Byron Stroud from Strapping Young Lad. So, that's a neat story in and of itself. I went to a mall. This was actually right before COVID again. This was the end of 2019. Went to a mall out in uh, New West, I think it was, just to meet a guy on, from Craigslist who was selling the bass guitar. A guy named Corey. He's a mutual friend of a few of my friends, actually. It's a small, small world. He's played guitar on all the Trail Light records, as far as I remember, or a good chunk of the Trail Light records. That's with uh, Omar, the guy. Omar. Oh, he tried to. He was mad last time I said that. No, no, it was Omar. I called him wrong. Omar. His name's Omar. Wow. See? Rick with the names. Trail Light, Omar's band. Corey plays guitar in it, and I bought the bass from him. And uh, it's amazing. I finally got the strings I love kind of set up with it, so I've used it for the last two months to record bass for the new record, which is the uh, thread we're going to keep weaving through this podcast. The new record's nothing like Strappy Young Lad, that's for sure. But it was cool to do a heavy metal, like super heavy metal thing in the middle of uh, working on these more gentle things. Because variety, you know? The Byron bass is so good, though, man. It's so good that I've actually decided to sell my Dingwall because I used my Dingwall for open C bass guitar with some fancy big strings on it and then the Byron bass for open C with a low G, you know, for five strings, seven strings stuff. And then I uh, picked up a Fender bass. It's not here just yet that matches my Evertune Strat, like they're the exact same color. So I was like, oh, that's just a great pair for standard tuning stuff. But then I realized I had two basses that were both doing, you know, four of the same notes with the open C Dingwall and the open C five string ESP. Then when I got the strings set up and uh, the tone sort of dialed in on the ESP, finally the way I really liked it, I was like, yeah, this Dingwall is superfluous. And they are a pricier base, so having one superfluously is silly. So if you know anybody that wants a Dingwall, I'm selling an NG2 in black, the heaviest of metal kinds. The uh, new base that I haven't got here just yet I actually rented from my work for a month. That way I could use it to record the bass for the record. Because that's one of the projects I've been doing over the last month here. Or two. Two months ago I locked down all the drums for it basically. And then a month ago I did all the bass. I've been trying to take my time with it and not get obsessed or anything. But still do a good job. 
you know, your best job. So I rented that bass guitar and recorded all the standard tune stuff with it already for the new record Outlier. And uh, there's only one song left to do on bass. My chart's over there, so I keep looking at it. But I need to borrow a bass guitar from a friend of mine who also might play violin and some, some real strings on the record, so that'd be cool. I'll find out this Thursday if we finally get some time to do that. I'm really looking forward to the bass guitars, especially. It's one of those Hoffners, and there's a song on the record that I think has sort of that Paul McCartney bass vibe. And the song's not that Beatles-y, but the bass line I came up with is a little bit more on the uh, melodious fun side. So why not use a really dull Hoffner to uh, make it sound the way I think it should? Also, my friend has one, so I can just borrow it for free. So that's the uh, main motive for wanting one, right? If you get the opportunity, take advantage. What else have I been working on lately? Oh, when I did the drums, so I should explain. Doing the drums for me isn't involving a drum kit <laughs> at any moment. I can't play the drums. I can play them very poorly, but I don't play them on my own records, let's put it that way, or in front of people, or really ever. So what I do is I program them all. You just use the computer and you go boom, boom, click, boom, click with your mouse, and then um, you work really incessantly at it and try to make it sound like a people. And uh, I always arguably pull that off. I don't think uh, the last record sounded like a human but I think it had a good vibe to it. This one's a lot more human, but it definitely has more vibe to it. And part of why that is, is I did play some percussion. And by that, I mean, in the table over there, there's a little maraca thing, a vibra slap, and a tambourine. So when you hear those, they're not digital. It's me standing there with a microphone going and that does help give it a lot more of that human sort of swing because I'm a people. And I'm not very good at those things, so I had to digitally edit them sometimes to make me sound like a good people. But it still sounds a lot more human than using Superior Drummer on everything, which is what I've done forever. So that's part of what's going to try to make this record sound like a record. I don't know if that sentence made any sense, but in my head it did. I don't know the point of view of a podcast all the time. Am I always talking at you, or am I really letting you in the brain? Who knows? What's up next there? The percussion stuff turned out really well, though. It's mostly... I'm trying not to overdo it. I'm trying to use it as, like, headphone candy. So if you listen to the songs with headphones, you'll notice there's, like, tambourines going... You know, in different ears sometimes. They're always just, like, real background little things at least that's what they're supposed to be I think we're not mixing the record just yet oh okay so my Ontario trip wasn't great but I did do another trip that was far better that I can talk about on here for great uh, length maybe we'll see I'm not the best at that part yet I went to Headley BC that was not my initial plan as far as I was aware but I ended up in Headley BC and it was really fun 
So, talking about that, I uh, went to my buddy's house up in Princeton. So, my friend Justin has a band. Every once in a while when they do a show, he'll ask me to come up there and do sound. Or if, uh, if another friend of mine's band is also playing with them, I'll be like, oh, that's definitely worth making the trip then. You know, a double bill of my friends is worth a road trip. And I had some time off at work already planned before the Ontario trip. And then after the Ontario trip, I was like, I definitely want a real vacation. So lined up great anyways i whipped out of here i took my car which i very rarely drive i don't commute to and from work in my car i just uh walk because it's right around the corner so putting miles on my car is always fun i have a uh, little chevy sports car so who wouldn't enjoy driving that up a canyon right it's not much of a canyon it's just a beautiful highway here in bc again just not something i saw in ontario so I whipped up to Princeton, whipped, whipped up to Princeton, made it to my buddy's house long before he was off work. So I just let myself into his house and drank beer on his patio and played guitar. Uh, then he came home. We had pizza. It was a great time. He had a band practice. I took a nap. I'm not in that band, so I'm not in any of his bands. But I, uh, I had no, no need to be in practice, so I fell asleep after... Uh, a day of day drinking after baking myself up in the sun, you know? Then he let me know the next day that the show was not in Princeton. It was out in Headley. So we were actually hooked up with a, uh, a campground and a trailer, which was awesome. So this was glamping, not camping. I mean, everything but Wi-Fi, full power, bathroom, you name it. The trailer had slides. It was half the size of my condo. Beautiful. I slept on a couch and seriously kinked my neck, I believe. Still dealing with that. Hooray for getting older and having a broke-ass neck. Literally. Oh, I gotta do my exercises better. That's the lesson I'm taking away. But also, when we got to the campground, we realized, or I realized, this is all planned out without my knowledge, and that's fine, uh, that it was a bachelor party as well. Another friend of his, or one of his co-workers, was camping with all of his buddies, so we had all them up there. They were up there for the show as well. So we were all out in the river hanging out. I uh, got towed through the river on a goose because I can't swim. So I had a great time, not gonna lie. I'm still a little bit burnt. I bought this Wham t-shirt. Oh, went to a music store up in um, Penticton, I think. Yeah, Penticton, called Wentworth. And it was great. They had some really cool stuff. Even a dingwall, like I'm selling. Buy it, please. But uh, uh, the only thing I bought was a shirt. I wasn't about to buy another guitar. Part of uh, why I wasn't about to buy another guitar was I brought a guitar with me. A guitar I tried to film an episode four with. A Murphy Lab 1958 uh, Explorer. Good lord, no. 1958 Les Paul. Murphy. Uh, just a beautiful bourbon burst. I rented it from my work again. I'm big into that right now. But I just do that before I buy them to make sure I really want to buy it. And I really want to buy that guitar. So I'm probably going to rent it for another month here when I do a couple of the uh, solos by the end of this record. Or I'll keep using my regular Les Paul. That's what I did today. It sounded great. Who knows? Money. Who can't just throw another Murphy Lab on the credit card, you know? No, not another. I've never done that. Oh, hey, Kev. What's up, sweetie? 
every time I went away, when I would come back, or I had, uh, I should explain, when I leave, I have somebody here to make sure the cats are okay and whatnot. Because you can leave a kitten alone for a couple days, but I have a paralyzed cat who needs some special attention and whatnot. So why not just have somebody make sure I don't get robbed? And don't walk on the keyboard, sweetie. Come on. You're going to make noise or cause problems. You know that. You really don't care. You really don't care. If you weren't so cute, man. The best co-host I could ever ask for. Other than, like, Joe Rogan, if I wanted income and streams. What do you, uh... What do you see? There she's, she's attacking the shadow of the headstock. Oh, guitar picks? Is it guitar pick attack time? I'll try to get her to actually be entertaining on camera. That's always a fun part. Hello. What's going on? You got plenty of food. You got plenty of water. Sorry, the cat is a total and complete distraction from an entertaining podcast. Unless you are entertained by her. Which I am. I, uh, don't have that Murphy Lab here right now, though, because my rental expired. So I brought it back. I'm definitely buying it, though. That's for sure happening. What else can we talk about? Today I was working on the Outlier Guitars, finally. That's that new record of mine that we're uh, gonna shamelessly promote on every single media platform I'm available on. Which is, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, my own website, www.rickchapel.com. All those great things. Uh, they are going well. There's your summary. No, I did two songs today. What did I do? I did the first song and uh, one of the last songs just because they sound similar. So same guitar tones. I used the good old Stormbender. Burp. And my Evertune Strat. It's an Evertune album. Everything's Evertuned. That's the whole point, right? But there's also blends. I have uh, all the demos still, obviously, and I'm just using the demos to make the finals. So if the guitars on the demos are good, I'll keep them. And there's some cool guitars that I don't own anymore on there. So there's that old Mustang, which was on episode zero. I think it's a 1967. I don't own that. I sold that because I couldn't afford to keep it. <laughs> it was a great guitar, but I got my songs out of it, I thought. So I let it go. And uh, it's still on the record, thankfully. It was in tune. So that's on the first track. We'll do a breakdown of all those when that finally comes out. We're not going to talk about that hotel, right? No, we X that out. The long short of uh, Ajax, Ontario is don't go there. Oh, I did learn that um, Sum 41, that's it. Sum 41 came from Ajax, Ontario. There's your last mention. The guitars for Outlier are done, though. Done for the day. Tomorrow I have two more songs to do. Not that the guitars aren't done. They're done for the day. And tomorrow I will do the, uh, which, what are the next two I was going to do? I planned this out. You don't know the names of them yet, so it doesn't matter. There's a jazz song that I think the old guitars are great on, but I'll do a few more rhythms. And then there's a little bit of a heavier ballad thing. Kind of Nothing Else Matters-esque. I think one of these songs has that sort of vibe. And I'm going to record that one tomorrow, finally, on guitars. That song has been around since before... No. I wrote that song the day the Skittles EP came out. Or the day I finished it. 
It was the day I showed it to the person, or the people, that the Skittles EP was about. I came home after that experience and was like, here's another song. So I wrote that, uh, well, I won't tell you which song. You'll probably figure it out by the time you hear it. But it's a good song on the record that will get uh, touched up tomorrow. We'll make sure the guitars are all in tune and in time and not, you know, full of background buzzes or pick scrapes and finger noises. The joys of listening to yourself over and over and over again, those that have recorded must know. It's a a special kind of egotistical hell you have to uh, go through. But we're rocking our way through. Oh, one of the last things I wanted to mention about Princeton was my friends Sarah and Justin are now Sarah Justin. A bunch of boys. They've always had a bunch of kids. Uh, Hendrick, uh, Theo... Uh, what's the other one's name? There's so many. Hendrick, Theo, Mac, and their newest daughter. They finally had a daughter. Shout out to Daphne. There we go. Haven't met that little one yet, but there's finally a girl in that house, so good for them. Moving on to YouTube things. I have gotten going with uh, gear reviews, finally. So I've done a bunch of them since the podcast because of all the uh, non-podcast podcasts that have happened. First one I did was Lewitt microphones. I rented, or no, I was just, I, I get to borrow them for free if I make the video. So I had the cheapest little Lewitt and then a mid range Lewitt just to compare. And they're pretty good little cheap microphones. So uh, check that out if you're interested in mics. The reviews that I will probably do more of are guitar pedals because those are far easier for me just to quickly plug in and play guitar through. I did two Universal Audio ones so far. The uh, 55 Woodrow and the, was it 63 Ruby? The Ruby video was really good, I thought. It turned out better than the uh, 55, just because the second one's better. I still need to rent the third one of the kit, the 65 Dream, I think it is. But while making these videos, um, we sold that one. So I, I can't do it until we get another one at my store. As soon as we do, I'll do the video, though. Don't worry about that. And then I think I'm going to compare it up against, like, the uh, Strymon Iridium. Well, not against, but the next videos I do, so you can compare for yourself, will be the uh, Strymon Iridium and the Boss uh, IR200. Because those are pedals that also do a similar thing to what the other uh, Universal Audio ones do. When I do those, I just plug them right into my interface, though, so you don't have to use all the rack gear and echo pedals and whatnot to make them sound good, because the whole point is, if you just had that, what does it do? I burned through way more of my topics faster than I thought I would, because that's how I roll. And this is only episode four, even though it may be the uh, upwards of 10th video I've attempted to make. I'm fighting the urge to stop at this half hour mark and then uh, just start again. That way I'm guaranteed this part will work. But I need to be sure that all of this stuff will run for a couple hours on end if I'm going to do another one of those song in a daze. I don't know why... 
things started to fail on me when they did. You can watch it for yourself if you were so inclined. Uh, the last song in a day live stream is called The First Fail because it ends just by like the thing crapping out. The computer goes dead, basically. And um, yeah, just hoping that doesn't happen again. Have no plan. Or solution. You know, it's hard to come up with a solution to a problem that you're not too sure why or what it, the cause is. I think it's running all these programs, but I tried to separate it onto two computers to make it not happen. Just goes to show that uh, there is no easy mode for this stuff. It's always a fight with technology. Woo! Okay, you know what I should talk about? I should talk about this Stormbender. Because there is a story and a half in this thing. I got this in 2019. Like many of the things we've talked about so far. I uh, settled with ICBC after a big old car crash that left me with a dent and all those teeth that fell out and whatnot. And I was like, I'm treating myself to a guitar. This was it. A friend of mine was selling this, so I was aware of a good deal on one kind of popping up. And I uh, reached out and I was like, hey man, I'm ready to go. And I got it for a great deal. I can confirm it's a great deal because there is one on reverb right now. One of uh, seven, which we'll get to later. Seven of these in the world. That uh, is on reverb for a lot more than I paid. A lot more. But kind of what I thought it was worth, so good sign. Anyways, this guitar has a story long before it met me, and we'll start with that. It was built in the Framus factory in Germany. It's a master-built guitar. It is, I call it a, you know, Stormbender prototype because it's the smaller version of a Stormbender, a 24 three-quarter scale and a slightly smaller body than the one that is available. It's just a 25.5 and a little chunkier. I love this guitar, though. Don't get me wrong. The uh, chances of me buying a real Stormbender or a new Stormbender are slim to none ever because why? And this one scratches that itch with, uh, without fail, though. It was built in Germany. Then it was sent to America to their distribution team. Now, here's where the story gets a little patchy, and I can't claim all of this to be 100% true, but it's how I understand it. Uh, it was stolen by an employee or an ex-employee and then made its way through a list of characters. That who knows what part of that you can never believe. Until it finally made it to a friend of mine whom tried to contact Framus and did contact Framus to say, hey, I got this guitar. I got no COA, though. Could I get one? And it's having, like, a small charging problem. And they went, oh, here's how you fix the charging thing. Here's the parts for it. But, um, no, you can't get a COA because that guitar doesn't exist because it was a stolen thing, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you can keep it, though. Don't worry. That's not, like, stolen property to such an extent that, you know, you need to send it back or you were screwed out or anything. Insurance settled it. All is fine. 
But uh, can you please let us know where you bought it? Send us the PayPal address. You know, we're still kind of... You, you've started to crack a code with us, you know? So he did that. And then I think a year later, he reached out to Framus again because he emailed the CEO just to be like, Hey, I tried before, but, you know, I got those parts in it. It's working great. Love it. I'm thinking about selling it. Is there any chance I could get that COA? And at that point, the uh, CEO reached out in these emails I have to be like, uh, no, so we're ne that guitar will never get a COA. It's not happening. This, it, it won't happen ever. But uh, the person my friend initially emailed at Framus was part of the theft team. So I don't know what happened there, man. The uh, whole team went crazy. Maybe it was pandemic related. Maybe it was pre-pandemic. I don't know. But this is the hottest stormbender around. Ah. I now know, finally, that there are seven of these. And I'll get to that right now. There's another one on Reverb that has a COA. So this is a Devon Townsend Stormbender prototype, which makes it a little different in a few ways. It doesn't have the LEDs in it. And like I said, it's a little bit smaller. And let's see here. The other one on Reverb has a great description, so I'm just going to read it to you. Technically, the guitar was never sold to the public. It was scooped up by an employee from Framus' former USA distribution team. Uh, this is the one they're talking about. It remained in his possession until just now. Seven years old, which checks to this one. Oh, this is the one about talking about playware. We want to talk about how many of these there are. There we go. Uh, one of seven over the last seven years. Super rich. Oh, no. I thought there was more specs. Well, I know the specs of this guitar, and I don't feel like rattling them off. Anyways, the fact that there's another one on Reverb right now really excited me. Because it finally informed me that there was seven. I've never been told that before. And that is uh, very cool. I don't know how many of them... I, I actually... I should correct that. None of the ones without LEDs ever made it to Devon Townsend, as far as I'm aware. So all of these seven were for... Uh, either very demanding clientele aka people that called them immediately and were like hey I want one this year make it happen here's a blank check or prototypes that made its way to staff members this one I will make a complaint about um, it's a prototype so I don't think this should knock anybody's opinion of Framus or the new Stormbenders uh, it's turning gray like an old person uh, the finish is, by that I mean it's, if, if you know about black guitars, sometimes they get cloudy over time. And this one's getting a little bit cloudy. So I might have it cut polished one day, who knows. But uh, for now, it still looks great, sounds great, plays great. It's just not quite as uh, high contrast as it used to be. The matte parts are the same color, though. That'll never change. They actually haven't even really shined up over the years. There's a little bit from, you know, the volume knob, but not as much as you'd expect. So that's not really much of a complaint. There you go. The pickups on this thing, though, are the real treasure nowadays. Now that I have more guitars with an Evertune, because having that kill mode... It's just instant crazy distortion. And then you can lighten right up. 
One more thing I'll mention about Ontario is actually about BC, and that's on the plane back. I knew I made the right call by living in BC, sure, which I had my whole life, wasn't really my call, but by continuing to live in BC, I should say, because you hear people that uh, have never been here before when you're on a plane, and as soon as you uh, leave Alberta and you cross into BC and you hit them good old Rocky Mountains, which, yes, Alberta has a couple, but come on, you know, you know where the the girth is at, it's BC. <laughs> and all those mountains, everybody's jaw drops. And it's just the most beautiful thing ever, man. That was another part of going to BC, or going to BC, going to Headley and Princeton, was driving through those mountains I had just flown over. They are beautiful from all angles, man. You can hike them if you're sadistic, and you like making yourself sweat outside. <laughs> or you can drive a sports car through the best paved sections of them. Or you can burn rocket fuel through the sky and go somewhere that's not as nice. And that is not what I choose to do as often as humanly possible. At least that's the conclusion I came to from my time in Ontario. played guitar in a little while, so uh, why not get that going again? You got Gargoyle Kevin hanging out in the corner. Oh, I can talk about what's right underneath, Kevin. You can't really see. But there's a new microphone preamp. Big whoop. Can't hear it right now. It's not for this microphone. But I purchased a really fancy Rupert Neve Newton channel for my... Uh, warm audio microphone to record vocals for the new record which I might try to swing a new mic by the time vocals come around which is probably next month or the month after that worst case scenario it'll all depend on if I can uh, fix this muscle in my neck that's just killing me I need to rest that up by not blabbing like this more than the uh, bare minimum which means I should wrap this up at an hour mark for sure this week but the uh, microphone pre, I haven't even tested it out, honestly. It's the Newton channel. It has the pre, the EQ, the compressor, the silk, all the things I wanted in a one-unit rack, which I thought I would put right on my desk. But it turns out I don't sing here. I sing there. And I play synth here, and my synth was there. So I, I moved those around today, and I remember that I needed to buy some patch cables that I didn't buy at work the other day. So gonna nickel and dime myself apart and buy more patch cables and strings and all those things after the long weekend 
You can never have too many of those, but you always buy too many, it feels like, man. They're... They're not inflating as bad as, like, some groceries, but I definitely notice that, um... I am spending a lot of money on those, it feels like. Part of that is because I'm recording the new record, so I bought in guitar strings and bass strings for everything in the past month because well not everything but all the bases I own all two and uh, two or three of the guitars I own because if I'm going to record them for the record it's new string time that's why I do it all in a month hopefully as I can get that fresh string sound for everything for that month really the new strings last about two weeks so I'm aiming to do all the guitars in about two weeks but there are two tunings on the record so I will uh restring this guitar and maybe the other one and that'll get me another fresh set when it's time to swap tunings so the whole record will have that crisp pick attack that you can only get with fresh strings and uh, really aggressive picks in my opinion picks picking there's nothing that aggressive about a triangle except for the fact that it's a very strong shape Now that's the pyramid. But also a triangle. Pyramid's just a lot of triangles, right? And a square. Geometry with Rick Chappell. Up next, um, hmm. Geometry wasn't on the list. I'm not going to check it off like it was done, but the gear reviews were the last thing I was going to write. Oh, let's talk about Kevin for a second, because Kevin hated while I was gone. I was mentioning this earlier, and I never got to the end of it. So when I get back after being gone, Kevin doesn't come out to visit the people who stay here when I'm gone. Kevin hides because Kevin is a fraidy cat. So when I come home, there is probably two to three hours of me doing whatever I'm doing, whether it's laying in bed or unpacking a bag or whatever, where Kevin will hide in another room and meow. And then Kevin will slowly come out of where she's hiding while meowing. And I can't go find her because she'll just go back to hiding. But if I'm eventually quiet and still enough, she will meow her way into the room I'm in, sort of confirm I'm me, and then glue herself to me. So that's when usually she's far more affectionate than she is right now. But that's when the infection gets turned up to 11. It's the most adorable thing ever. And I definitely miss her when I'm gone, but she clearly misses me, like, the same, if not more. Probably because I feed her and stole her from a field, so I am her entire reason for survival. Which I think forms a bit of a trauma bond, you know? You just traumatize animals and trap them in your home, and that's how you get pets, right? I think one of my friends literally just did that with a cat. Like a neighborhood cat wandered in. She was like, okay. Always wanted one of you. Go, Nicole. <laughs> oh, there was a lick in one of the songs I was working on today that I got to show you. It was a bitch, and I didn't play it right most of the time. It was... No. I should probably remember it. Daddy. 
Something like that. It was cool because it had a fifth in it that was inverted. That was it. And it had a harmony. Or something like that. You'll hear it when the record's done, man. Because it's on the record. That song was... Groundhog Day. Which you've already heard if you've watched the Song in a Day live streams. Because I wrote it live on camera. Part of why it had to go on the record was because I did that, I thought. And also, it was a good tune. There's actually two songs from the Song in a Day live streams that have made the record so far. I axed one that I wrote years ago because I never really finished it and I didn't feel like finishing it and then picked a couple of the songs from more recent times that I thought were really good and I think it diversified the thing but they also fit in well so that's a good sign right sorry I keep getting distracted staring at my kitten I gotta pet her why doesn't she just lay down like right in front of me here and then I could give her little scratches and play guitar and record a podcast. It's probably the best, most relaxing way ever to record a podcast. Five feet away from your bedroom with a kitten. Within petting distance. <sighs> Can always dream. never have this guitar in standard tuning. It is right now, because we're doing the standard songs of the record. It feels weird to play these patterns on it, but it's also refreshing, because this is such a great guitar, and I never get to play it like this. Don't get me wrong, I play in open C all the time, and I play this guitar a lot. But you know what I mean. Or do you know what I mean? Are you a musician? Who are you that watches this show, man? The last podcast has like 25 viewers. It's not zero, but who? Who's my audience? Let me know, man. I figure... It's always just more me's. And by that I mean guitar players, or home musicians, people writing songs, recording things. Or, y'all like my songs.
Yeah. Fun guitar in any tuning. While I was in Princeton, I got the opportunity, or in Headley, I should say, to play a friend of mine's guitars. And oh, everybody I know has great guitars, man. I'm very fortunate to be friends with people with cool stuff. A 1970s Dean ML, a uh, beautiful Les Paul Custom, my, my buddy's brand new ES-335, I sold him. I played that when we did a little uh, Scorpions. You know the one. But uh, I don't have anybody in that band to play harmony solos with. Like, when I play with them, I just quickly grab his guitar and his rhythm guitar player plays the thing, you know what I mean? So I always have to do, like, the whole... Try to do the harmonies by one person. Which I was... You can't do those harmonies by yourself, but you can at least go. And that usually gets people a little bit excited. So. I don't remember the, the run. not supposed to play other people's music on a podcast i have learned that because you can't afford to license it and uh it's not the radio it's a podcast and with that we're almost on the hour so i'm gonna call it (laughs) that is episode four finally we haven't been glitched as far as i know my headphones haven't distorted the goopy echo sound hasn't distorted we have it if we want right come on one last The goop lasted the entire show. That hasn't happened in any of the failed attempts. And that in and of itself makes me believe this was not a failed attempt. So thank you for watching. If you have, do the things like, comment, subscribe, click any of the things that are on screen right now. Because I've learned how to do that. (sighs) Promoting yourself is a thing, but um, trying to be creative and make all the stuff I want to make while also promoting myself is a thing that I'm not uh, the best at just yet. So this has finally been episode four. Episode five hopefully will be a little less apologetic and a little more on point of uh, confidence and progress. So by episode five, we're going to talk about the next two songs of guitars I'm going to do tomorrow because it's a long weekend. I got a whole day off to crank through them. Maybe I'll even do three songs tomorrow and then we'll get some strings going. There'll be a ton of new stuff to talk about with the new record. It's going to be out maybe at the end of this year. But at the very least, very early next year, I can say that with great certainty. Thank you for watching. Kevin is just so done. You can't see, but she's literally falling off. Shake paw. Good shake paw. Goodbye, and I will see you next week.